and welcome back to another Whitmer Quick Podcast. Obviously talking hockey here since we split up the podcast, specifically hockey on this podcast now. Uh, so buckle up. We've got our thoughts and a very uh, guns blazing type game six. Yeah. Uh, Flyers and Canadians. Oof. One I think you probably could have expected it was going to boil over at some point. Um, the Canadians obviously, uh, obviously had a lot of fight in that game, but we'll get to that. Uh, we had a bunch of series that cl- were clinched yesterday. We have two games that are kick off, that we're going to kick off tonight, and two games tomorrow as well. Um, we'll probably break those down a little bit uh, here and there, and uh, we can just start get this uh, started off with uh, you got the stat head up on you. Definitely. I do, and some will say that this guy leading off the stat head is the best in the game. You can make that argument. He's up he's for the not. Hart Trophy. I personally don't think he is, even though he's one of my personal favorite players to watch. Nathan McKinnon, he had four points last night or yesterday, exploding. Two goals, two assists in their dominating Colorado Avalanche's seven to one series clinching win in Game Five over the Arizona Coyotes. Um, you also had Nazem Kadri, who, wow! I, and again, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Kadri. A lot of people who who follow me and everything know I'm that. Did you like my, te- <laughs> did you like my text I sent you yesterday? I did. I did. <laughs> but he put up two goals as well. Uh, he, he's been absolutely on fire for the um, Avalanche and. I'll, I'll talk about Kadri yeah, later. Yeah, I want to kind of get into that a little yeah. bit too. And and we will. Uh, one of your favorite players, Joel Armia, got two goals against the Flyers yesterday. That's um, I'll get to why I hate him in a second too. Yeah, I'm very curious on why you don't like him. Um, I, I yeah. So we'll let's just say it's for the, it's similar for why I hate uh, Shiri. Okay. He changed his name like three times. The way he pronounces. Oh. Yeah, because I've always pronounced I've always pronounced it Joel, Joel Armia. Yeah. Everyone's saying Joel. it's Joel Armia. I'm like, that, that's not that's not right. Yeah, it's Joel. Anyway, uh, Tyler Mont also had two goals uh, in Vancouver's when they pull ahead in the series, three games to two. JT Miller going assist, posture, uh, not posture, sorry, Patrice Bergeron a goal and an assist in Boston's uh, series clinching game against the Hurricanes. And last but not least, Jake Borchak two goals and an assist. The uh, Goalies, we got some good ones here. Yaroslav Halak, 23 saves, 24 shots, 0.958 save percentage, only one goal allowed. 36 saves made by Markstrom, 39 shots. With the W, only, you know, he did allow three goals, but he looked pretty solid for the most part, 0.923 save percentage. And Phil Grubauer, 0.958 save percentage, 23 saves on 24 shots. Um, as I mentioned, Boston won. Uh, they're a series two to one. Craig Gene Bergeron. For the uh, Bruins, Hayden Fleury, the lone goal scorer for Carolina. Carolina's season is over. They're out of the playoffs, and that's not the only season that it was over. The Avalanche ended the Herc- sorry, the um, Coyotes uh, season. Clayton Keller, the only goal you had. Nathan McKinnon and Kadri scoring two goals. Samuel Gerard, Nikita Zadorov, and JT Comfort all scoring for the Avalanche in that 7-1 victory. Um, back game is 7-1. The Coyotes gave up on the series. Yes. Uh, a big game for the Canadians. They keep their season live, winning 5-3. to three, An explosive game for goals, hits, fights, scrums, possible suspensions, all sorts of stuff. So we'll break that down a little, uh, in a little bit. Uh, Vancouver getting another victory, 4-3 to three in this one. A great game here. They pull ahead in series, uh, three games to two. Mm-hmm. Braden Shen, O'Reilly, and Zach Sanford all scoring for the um, Blues. Tyler Mott scoring twice, J.C. Miller, and Jake Bertanen for Vancouver. Last but not least, the first game of the day, Tampa Bay. They have a clutch player in Braden Point. Yet again, another overtime winner. This one finishes off the series, and the Tampa Bay Lightning advance to the second round, exercising their demons and uh, they get rid of those guys that the pesty Blue Jackets who swept them last year, mm-hmm. Foligno, Stenlin, Wenberg, and Borgstrand each got a goal. Uh, it was, I believe, Shattenkirk, if not Anthony Sorelli, mm-hmm. who got the uh, game-tying goal with about a minute 30 left in the game, and then before Braden Point won it with five minutes into the first overtime. So that is the stat head for today um, from yesterday's games. 
and we'll see what happens tonight. You have the New York Islanders uh, in 8 p.m. start, and then they're looking to close out their series against Washington. And you have, I believe it is Dallas and Calgary. Dallas and Calgary, thank you, Mike. 10 30 p.m. Eastern time, right after uh, the Islanders and Caps game. So there you have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just we'll highlight some of the series that uh, were clinched. Another one we didn't mention, but Vegas also clinched their series yes, the other you. day against the right. uh, Chicago Blackhawks, which should not have been a surprise to no. um, anyone except for maybe uh, Blackhawks fans because, you know, yeah, I think they're still kind of – not that they don't have a pretty bright future coming forward with uh, – going forward um, with uh, – some of the young players they had in the series and everything with as uh, going hand in hand with the letter, veterans that they got in Kane and yep. Taze, uh, Keith and uh, uh, Corey uh, and Crawford too, who, if you remember correctly, before all this was had the, was positive for the coronavirus, didn't actually play a game until the first game against the Oilers. So that is mm. very impressive for them to get this far. Um, I know for Jeff and I's sake, we thoroughly enjoyed that they got uh, kicked out uh, yep. only to uh, the only thing that would have made it better if it was a sweep. But I think that's the biggest part. I got a bold prediction, right, Jeff? No sweeps in the whole first round. After yeah, last year, nuts. After last year's first round, at least had at least two or three. Uh, two sweeps. sweeps because it was the Islanders sweeping the Penguins, Blue Jackets mm-hmm. sweeping the yeah. Lightning, and I want to say that was it for last year's playoffs yeah. in the first round. That is, yeah. Um, uh, the one I, which one do you think is the most surprising out of the teams that have clinched? I know none of them really are that surprising. I think the right. most surprising you can maybe make an argument for, even though it's not really, is maybe the Islanders if they uh, uh finish it out tonight. Um. um there's also this uh, flip side to that is that mm. the Capitals haven't had um, Backstrom, and that's a yeah, bigger it's loss. Big. Yeah, it's a big so loss. I'm not going to comment also, on the Islanders-Capital series until that's officially I, Yeah, over. I don't really want to either because we've already talked about them a good about. So uh, um, one of – actually, the one I do want to say that's kind of a conf- – was actually kind of a surprise to me, mostly because of how game uh, uh, f- six ended, sorry, um, was – sorry, f- Five game five ended. <laughs> Fair Tampa Bay was that uh, Columbus blew a lead again. They did a team that's very much known for being so defensive oriented, being so great defensive orient or so good at shutting teams down. Mm-hmm. Were and obviously the Lightning are on paper the best team, so obviously it's going to be hard to shut them down. And maybe that's why they were able to uh, come back and their firepower that the Lightning have and now the grit that they added to that to be able to compete against a team like the Blue Jackets. Um, but it does bear the question. of it, It's very strange that a Tortorella-esque team like that Columbus team that they had was multiple times this playoffs too, playing and then this, uh, in the series they had a couple uh, – lead stuff away and this one was a big one because they had a two nothing lead at one point oh no sorry they came back and then took the lead john cooper even called his time out because the lightning were so uh, were struggling so much in the second but then they just Mm. it was the lightning being the lightning and just keeping their power going and they were just able to do it uh scoring late in the third period and then obviously Braden point after a very bad turnover and him pretty much being in all alone. And at that point, it was yeah. his series was over at that point because it uh, was a bad turnover by David Savard, which yeah. is a little surprising because Savard has actually been really good for the Blue Jackets. So that's uh, yeah, and there was nothing. There was nothing Kerbasala could have done there. No, he, he was in trouble. That. He gave it the best he could, but Point just absolutely undressed him. It was such a great move, and mm-hmm. uh, again, like I said, Tampa Bay. No, it's a care of business about Braden Point, Jeff. Hmm. Is that correct? Me if I'm wrong. I believe he's going to be an RFA. Oh, no, never mind. I was wrong. 
Why did I think I heard someone say he was undrafted? No, he definitely he was wasn't. Drafted, yeah, he was drafted in the third round in 2014. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, he was, there was no way he was undrafted. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Never mind. So he actually, Scratch someone that. was saying he's going to be an RFA, if I'm not mistaken, at the end of this year. Um, no, he's not. He was RFA huh? at the end of last year. Oh, he was last year, last year. I'm sorry about that. Because yeah, I was trying to think, I was like, especially yeah, at the end con- of this year. He just got a new contract. That's right. That's for three right. years at the end of that contract, he'd still be an RFA in 2022, 2023. That's something. Um, but he's making 6.75 mil yeah. uh, the next go. three years. So, or two yeah. years after this. But season. the one, right. The one thing I did want to say real quickly about the series. So even though Tampa Bay on, again, on paper, if you look at this series, Tampa Bay dominated the series, oh, winning in five. Oh, man, you know, Tampa Bay, they, they mm-hmm. destroyed them. Not even close to being the case. Every game, including that amazing first game of the five-overtime game, it was this series was a marathon. This felt like a seven-game series, even though it only went to five. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen when you put the Blue Jackets. They're not going to give us as many goals as they did in game five. In game five. But similar to what we talked about last time, Carey Bryce having a shaky goal, at certain times, defensive teams will be will have those moments of uh, shakiness, and especially if you're facing yeah. the Lightning. But that was the first game where the Lightning's uh, offensive power, at least late in the game, really showed mm. up. Not only that, the first they half of the game, without the first half of the game, they the were higher series. Yeah, which shows you their depth and what they yes, can still do without him. Absolutely. Once he is actually back for the Lightning, that just makes him even more hard to defend oh, yeah. against because they're just so depth deep. Um, what's going to be interesting is that, and another, uh, this series is brutal for them just because of how close it was. Their next series facing the Bruins is going to be equally as uh, challenging. Obviously, so I is that confirmed that, I, again, that they're playing the Bruins? Well, if the if the uh, Islanders win their if series. the Capitals come if the if the Capitals were to come back we would face if the the then it would be uh, the Bruins as the worst seed so if say if the Flyers win tomorrow night we'd yeah. be playing Boston and then Boston, okay. Tampa Bay would be playing uh, Washington but that would just also that would just be if um, Washington were to come back which is still possible we've seen it happen um, yeah. I don't really see it happening they may squeak no. out another win tonight but I just don't see it happening. I, I think uh, the Islanders very, will take care of them in five. Yeah, Barry Trotz knows this team too well. He was literally yes. there two years ago. He's, he knows the yeah. team. It's it's really – he knows how to shit them uh, Ovechkin. And, yes, he had another two-goal game. And, again, I didn't want to talk about that series. But, again. Um, yeah. Uh, but well, that, the two, I had a – we both – and, really, for both of our sakes, because uh, – and, actually, we can go – let's go to that Boston series, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think that's actually a good segment or good little transition there because obviously that was the most even as a series as you can get on paper without two teams facing each other. Um, and the only reason why I think both of us kind of had Carolina taking it was because of how poor the Bruins had started out. But the Bruins are back to being the Bruins. Um, yeah. And what sucked for the Hurricanes really was at the beginning of the series not having – Williams, and then late in the series, uh, losing Sveshnikov. Yeah, that was huge. And again, similar to last year, Sveshnikov was hurt last year too. So he again, was, yeah. If this team is fully healthy throughout the playoffs, they are very uh, dangerous. Uh, Mrazik had a very shaky goal in that game. Obviously, I'm not going to put their loss all on Mrazik because Mrazik had some good saves in the series. He kept them yeah. in it when he had to. Um, the two shaky goals he gave up, believe it or not, were both to Bergeron. In the first game, and the overtime where he uh, drifted too far, and pretty much yep. Bergeron had opened that, and the one where he pretty much just bounced off his pad and went in, uh, and the game clincher, and pretty much yeah. the game that was the game winner. So that was really deflating for Morazic, but that's one area the Hurricanes and keep saying they have to deal with that goaltending. That's the one issue that's I think for me really making me not – I don't know if they can go that far just because of it. I know it's – everything else in front of them is so good. It's that weakness there is – it can be shaky, and that's mm-hmm. why I have so much kind of a trust issue with Mrazic just because even though we didn't see him long in Philadelphia, he still has that tendency to have those shaky moments. And in the series, he had those yeah. moments. 
no and he wanna, really does again, i don't want to i don't want to completely crap on the guy because of right that series or anything but he kept them in it and that, it's just no for but. sure he definitely kept the hurricanes in it and you know, he played well against the new york rangers and he played for the most part well enough in the bruins series um i really think again it's very important for carolina um to you know see what they can do during the offseason again there's a, the couple, cap, there's a couple of decent goalies that are ufas this offseason not only that um, uh, including jacob markstrom uh is a big one he's expected to get a big one but the problem well, that, is, for yeah, is how yeah well, so the problem for carolina is they don't have much room in cap um they have a few expiring contracts that are a little expensive but they're all guys that are a little in my opinion they're pretty key to this team's defense. Uh, you have Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Sammy Vontanen, and Joel Edmondson. So if you – let's say hypothetically, if you get rid of all their contracts, um, that's well, about obviously, but you 7.8 mil that would come off the board, and that would be huge for them. But, again, that's if they don't resign them, and I don't see that happening. Those three guys, they give this Carolina Hurricanes team a lot of depth and everything, and – there's unfortunately not a, a lot of good options out there. Warren, Warren Fogel's an RFA, same thing with TVR. And um, I'm sorry, not TVR, uh, Hayden Flurry. They're bound to get some go- mm-hmm. uh, good contracts. And, and so it's, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think they should go goaltender. I don't think they're going to. They already have six and a half mil tied to it. And obviously, we're going to get to a bigger deep dive of the Hurricanes during the yeah. offseason. But just quickly, that's one thing. But some of the uh, goalies that I mentioned before that are free upcoming of UFAs, granted, some of these goalies could easily re-sign back. Mm-hmm. But uh, Brendan Holby, obviously, being one of the top ones, he is a UFA. Corey Crawford, but again, he might just go back to uh, yeah. uh, Chicago. Robin Leonard is another one. Uh, Jacob Markstrom, who you just mentioned. Thomas Grice, maybe someone can steal him away from uh, the Islanders. He's 34 That would be now. interesting to see. Uh, and, Kudo- uh, and Kudobin, too. He's also as a backup or for or even Aaron Dell. I think he's a solid backup. There's a few um, guys on this team, list for me that for, would be very interesting to see um, Yeah, the Hurricanes and, go after. Yeah, and for, the only reason why I bring up some of those guys is if they want to keep kind of that goalie tandem because those guys just mentioned outside of Leonard if they want to make an offer for him but he's going to cost you a lot and probably more than the uh, Hurricanes are going to be willing to offer him Uh, those guys still give you an option especially Grice if you go after him he's still at times can still be a solid goaltender Um, he's not a starter none of those other guys are really starter-esque maybe Markstrom but even then he's 30 um, which isn't obviously that horrible but that's the Mm -hmm. later stages of his career Uh, Cam Talbot's another one who's a free agent and honestly, so two of the other names that I would keep an eye on for the Hurricanes are Linus Olmark from Buffalo and Laurent Bersoit from Winnipeg, 26 mm-hmm. and 27 years old. Yeah. Um, so keep an eye out for those guys as well. Yeah, I agree. It's, just, it's, not, it's nothing against really Mrazic or Reimer. It's just kind of uh, just a slight upgrade. Um, I don't know if really Reimer was an upgrade as much to McElhaney from the year prior before. It seemed um, to. It almost I mean, McElhaney like played well last year when Razik went down. McElhaney played right, well that's what I'm saying. Uh, and even, like, for example, it almost seemed like it wasn't an upgrade because look how well uh, Chris McElhaney played last mm-hmm. year. He helped carry, carry that team in the playoffs and everything. And, you know, at times looks phenomenal. And, and he's um, now in Tampa Bay. He's now, <clears throat> he's now in Tampa Bay and everything. And uh, for Carolina, though, they, they got a lot of questions this offseason. And uh, now that they are officially eliminated, we will do a deep dive on them at Later some on, point. Yeah. But also, um, now that they are eliminated, um, we know that their first-round pick that now belongs to the New York Rangers in the Brady Shea deal will be somewhere kind of in the middle. The um, – maybe six, between 16th and 18th overall, somewhere around there. So yeah, that, that's there. a pretty good pick for the New York Rangers. They have the first overall, of course, and now the somewhere yeah. I'd imagine between 16th to 18th overall. Yeah, it's not bad. They could easily trade one of them to do something yeah. if they want to do that. Uh, yeah, and I agree. Last year they signed Panera and they traded for Truba, so maybe they want to 
do similar to a flyer rebuild, a, but also a try, yeah, rebuild, but also trying to kind of be in that realm of mm-hmm. possibly being on the cusp of a bubble, being in the playoffs. Um, yeah. The two other series that were clinched in the West, I feel were just kind of already known. I know I did a bold thinking maybe Arizona could take Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of that depended on Kudobin, not Kudobin, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do that all the time. Bishop. Uh, no, not Bishop. He doesn't play for Arizona. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. Kemper, Kemper. Kemper, yeah. It, it all depended on Kemper. Every game kind of playing on his head. Uh, yeah. And, and he though, played great. Even though on paper with Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel, you would have thought, and even um, uh, Clayton Keller, who put up a couple goals too, you would have thought, and Ekman Larson, who's a pretty offensive type of defenseman, um, you would have thought yeah. they would have been able to put up a little more offense, but the offense just wasn't there for them. Um, no, I doubt, unfortunately, it wasn't. Like you mentioned, I doubt Hall they resigns. lost 7-1 the last two games now. Yeah, they gave up. After that 7-1 the first time, I don't think they really had it really end up to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it, it's a rough one. And I like the Coyotes. I like Rick Tuckett. Um, they're still on that c- – <sighs> They're still in the weird stages, and this one's going to take us a little more to really deep dive into. Um, and, and it's a very interesting uh, team to do a deep dive on. Uh, of course, you have Taylor Hall. He's going to be mm-hmm. UFA. He's probably going to be the top prize uh, free agent in the offseason, maybe besides potentially Corey, uh, sorry, um, Braden Holby. But, and, and Alexander Petrangelo, yeah. But um, the one thing I would not be surprised with with Taylor Hall is Let's say if he does want to go back to Arizona, um, I feel like no matter what team he goes to, though, including Arizona, it could be a one-year deal. I would not Mm -hmm. be shocked. Just, again, look at how uh, low the uh, the cap is again. You know what even more I'm excited for, hopefully, is that Mm -hmm. next year, possibly, the Coyotes will go back to their old logo. And the black jersey they have now will also be in a white jersey. And I like the white ones more than I like the black ones. Ooh, that's an interesting. That could be, yeah, right. Thought. Anyways, and the, again, like I said, to start this whole kind of talking about teams that uh, ended their series, Vegas is another one where it was just those. Both Chicago and Arizona didn't really deserve to be in the playoffs. They were pretty much eliminated. I'd say Arizona deserved to be in the playoffs more than Chicago did. Yeah, they did, but even if the season would have continued, they both they wouldn't have. Right. No, I get you. No, what you're saying. But even, but yeah. and again, there's still that surprise. That one surprise you mentioned last time in Vancouver. Now the defending cup champions have uh, have a lot to deal with now. Do they go back to Bunnington? Maybe does another change? Is Jake Allen enough? Because you got to now win two more games, and yeah, again, it seems like you can't really be able to shut down. Even with some that as good as the, the defensive team you are, and Ryan O'Reilly as good as he is, you just can't seem to shut down that yeah. uh, Vancouver so team. So interesting to note here, though, it was Jake Allen who was in net last night, mm-hmm. and um, you have a, you don't ha- play again until Friday night nine forty-five. Mm-hmm. I it's such a tough thing. It's because again, Allen's been playing much better than Bennington. You want every chance to win the series, but if you put Bennington in, because he's sat now the last two games at least, there could I, be a fire under his ass. He could. Be, I, I think there yeah. will be, and I, I think he'll do great. It, again, that's if he plays. Uh, I could be wrong. I think they could go. I wouldn't be shocked if they go with Allen, but that just goes to show that Jordan Bennington isn't this perfect goalie everyone seems to think he is. He's still learning a lot in this mm-hmm. league. Uh, he's 27? Yeah. 26, 27, somewhere around there. Um, but he has a lot to learn in the, this league still, especially for it being his he only second 27. year. He's only three years younger than Jake Allen. There you go. Um, you never know. Uh, I, I Again, I can see it going both and ways. Unfortunately, but... when he hit that 20s, late 20s, early 30s, you know what type of goaltender you're going to get. Yeah, that's why Jake Allen. I don't really have much trust in either because you already know what you're going to get in him. Um, I know Bennington in the NHL sense is still young, 
and he yeah. is technically still young. He's only in his twenties, late mid twenties. But it, you know, the goal you're probably going to get. So right. he'll have moments of being really well, but other moments it seems like he'll be shaky. Mm-hmm. So I don't. The thing that he's going to have to work on is trying to be a little more consistent. Um, and we, we yeah, and and we'll see the whole uh, what thing last time that. on the Blues. So on that whole goaltending thing. So uh, we don't have to get too too much into that. Right. Um, is there anything else uh, in these playoffs you really want, you want to talk about first before we go into this Flyers uh, Canadian series? Um, not necessarily. I think we've talked uh, pr- again. We we kind of knew going into today's podcast here that it will be a Flyer day. Yeah. And um, I, I know I'm just looking. I'm just looking. That kind of goes hand in hand with the series as well because a lot right. happened last night. It, and it did. And, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to breaking down the rest of the series and everything. But, uh, you know, it's really, I think, all the focus on now, this Montreal-Philadelphia series, that the Flyers, they have their second chance tomorrow night to close out their series. And I, the only thing I will say is that they need to close out tomorrow night. They can't they afford yeah. to go to a Game 7. If it does, it could be catastrophic. And I would not be surprised if Montreal would win game seven if it leads to that. Right. That's why the Philadelphia Flyers need to get it tomorrow. They need to get the win. They mm-hmm. need to end it. And I think I don't will... care what the score is. I don't care if it's the boring hockey they played the most of the series, except for uh, I think last it's night. Gonna, I think it's going to be similar to the last two games you saw where it was a little more open. And, and, and um, no, I agree. It definitely could be like that. Uh, I'm saying, you know, it doesn't matter what this. Oh, score I know. Is. I, I know what you're yeah. saying, but I could see it being not yeah. as much as that at the beginning, because right now the the Canadians are still in that desperate kind of stage. Yeah. Because again, they're it's win or go home. So for them, they're going to come out with probably the same attitude. And, and they will. Now, and the Flyers should expect that. And it just came out because after the Niskanen hit that. Uh, Gallagher received or got a has a broken jaw. Yeah. So I think I heard Mitch said earlier that he may not play for the rest of the series, but maybe he will. He, he will not. It's uh, Mark oh, Bergevin okay. added that Gallagher will require surgery and is out for the series. For the Flyers' sake, that's actually good because as as a pesky as he is, he is still very vital to that team just because of offensively what he can bring. I know yeah. last night was the first he actually put one back in that in the whole playoffs and playing, but he is still that threat. Um, and I think both sides are going to come back into the series angry, especially the Flyers because they gave up two very easy goals almost quickly after they had just scored or while they were on the power play, which had struggled, but they actually got some goals in uh, last night as well. Um, they got two power play goals. Yeah, because the Flyers only put yeah. up two goals, right? No, no, they put up three. Sorry. The last one was yeah later in the third. But, Joel Fairby, yeah. But I will say this because I want to talk about this too. Because the whole thing everyone brings up about the Flyers, especially if you watch it uh, nationally, is how none of those like, quote-unquote stars or top players have put any goals in the back of the net. Mm. One, Chuck Terry is snake-bitten. He's come close many times. He's just snake-bitten. Oh, same thing with Travis Konechny. Uh, Travis you, you, Konechny I cannot too. tell you how many times. Drew finally decided to shoot instead of pass. And yep, he had a good amount of shots, and uh, Drew also put up two assists last night. So he and he's getting Kateria on the as well. board. Yeah, so they're getting um, on the board, which is good. They just Still haven't like, scored for some reason. They care more about the goals than actually the points themselves. Yeah, uh, but uh, Jake Fortrek has been at least for the Flyers' sake the most consistent offensive player for the Flyers. He, has. he put up another. Th- he put up for three as little points as last offense as there's been incredible. as there's been in this series. He has been the most of what the Flyers have been able to get. Uh, yeah. Which for that's actually pretty good because what you usually see is uh, Voracek as a passer. Most of his points come from assists. Yeah, he's kind of a pass first kind of guy, and rightfully so because he has a very good uh, no look pass kind of thing. And you saw that right. almost Gatoria goal in the power play that was broken up by Shea Weber. Um, that came on the one power play that they had uh, early on in the game. Um, mm. He just played. He drew a penalty early. Uh, in the game, he was ready to go. Unfortunately, it seemed like the the, the defense and the fourth line specifically kind of let him down a bit. Uh, and more so, I'd say the veteran guys in the blue line, Matt Niskanen, yeah. 
and Justin Braun. Hag didn't have a particularly great game either. And the fourth line, that all three lines, the first, second, and third line, looked good. They were actually getting some positive offensive zone time. They were getting chances. The only line that wasn't that was getting beat that I think most of the goals came against was that fourth line. That fourth line looked terrible last night. Yeah. And le- even late in the third period, they were coming out. It was like, what are you doing? At, yeah, at the, um, the, the Flyers, they are oh, – oh, someone uh, – I forget who, who it was. Uh, I can't remember if someone had, had apologized, but someone put it best saying, AV has been great all year, and I love AV, but I think it was, uh, if the Flyers lose this game – I know who it was. Game, Alexander Appleyard. Appleyard, yeah, you sent it to me. If the Flyers lose this game, it's, it's all on AV. AV. Yeah. He overplayed the fourth line, and he's absolutely right. There's no need to overplay that fourth line consisting Especially of with how good the Tyler first Pitlick, three lines have been. Just, um, Nick, uh, Nate Thompson and um, – Connor Bunneman. Connor Bunneman. After we actually that, praised him the in the last – After we praised him in the last game, they looked awful. I know. Pitlick, he looked all right. He, he didn't have a, that great of a game. For, he had a very good hit early on. Absolutely rocked. Mm-hmm. Like and unfortunately, because Rafa was pushed up in the lineup, I think that really hurt that fourth line because I really think yeah. he makes that fourth line as good as it was. Yeah. Um, and now that he was on the first line, maybe he go back down. Maybe lines will be juggled yeah. again. We've seen AB do it already. Um, so maybe it'll happen again, especially if – because I assume, because I'm pretty certain Bunneman was benched. So I assume JVR is I'm, I'm hoping at least JVR is in the game. If not, at least Nicholas Albi-Kubel. Uh, is healthy have... enough to play. Yes, but, correct. Um, so we'll have to see. Um, but, but for also, that sake, and yeah. uh, I guess we can go back to those the two, two mm-hmm. big things that came out of Controversial this. Controversial plays. Yeah. The first one came at the beginning of the second period where uh, Kakutaniemi uh, pretty much nailed – uh, Travis Sanheim into the boards in front of the uh, uh, penalty box, which yeah. caused uh, uh, Travis Sanheim's forehead to bleed. Visor. He was visor, yeah, from his visor. Luckily, he didn't seem to have any concussion. I thought he might have had a concussion, maybe, but which is he, shocking. The fact that he even came back, I don't know. If... Even Hayes at one point, I know it's not even related, but when he went hard to the boards at one yeah. point, he. You thought he was fine, but you saw like they stayed on a second on him longer. He's like, he's fine. Yep. Yeah. Kevin Hayes is fine. But also, just, that should have been a penalty shot. But no, no, it one hundred percent should have been a penalty shot. It, you know, he never got a clear shot off the net. He was in the middle of his shot. He's another one guy, who's snake bitten too. He, he is, yeah. But um, all right. So let, let's go. Let's go talk about that. That Katsuganimi hit on Travis Sanheim first. There's been a lot of uproar on it. Um, first things first, I am just ridiculously surprised by someone as, you know, an analyst such as talented and, you know, loved and, and, and everything like that by Craig Button. Um, he was saying not only shouldn't it have been maybe only a two minute penalty, he was, he, he was basically laughing at the fact and, you know, like, uh, you know, Hold on, let me bring up the exact tweet. Basically, he was kind of rubbing it in the face of the Flyers bet in Elaine Vigneault saying uh, – because uh, Vigneault's comments were about how um, – well, well, Pretty much uh, both actually, coaches, I'll, I'll, pretty I'll much actually, both coaches had two – they said it definitely, but they pretty much had the same thing same saying. Same thing, yeah. Their hits that the players gave, they thought were fine. but They're a hockey the hits, play, yeah. But the other ways they thought were um, – Dirty. Dirty, yeah, but the yeah, so when Vignol said it uh, that Niskanen's play was a hot uh, hockey play and whatnot, um, Button said, "Surprise, surprise!" Coach says it's an unfortunate hockey play when it is his player who's the aggressor. If his player was the victim, he'd be crying and even put a lot, uh, crying emoji face for a uh, suspension, and it's a suspension. Vicious cross check to the head. Height has nothing to do with it. Um, I'm pretty sure height had a lot to do with it. Not only that, but um, Brandon Gallagher was leaned over, and if he doesn't want to get crossed, why don't you? It was going to be a penalty. Dirty plays yourself. 
Yeah, he was being an asshole all game. He tried fighting Provorov like twice. Literally, and like it didn't happen. And Niskanen took and Niskanen took effect to that, and he was doing that the whole game to him. And they finally called it early in the game. They were calling penalties. Actually, thought pretty well. It, it was Later in the game. Early. I thought the refs kind of lost it a bit and were missing obvious calls. Yeah. Um, no, there, there but, are some horrible calls uh, that were missed. Actually, that Niskanen call wasn't actually called. They didn't call it, but Niskanen was actually going for a cross check, and that was when uh, he was one. Uh, Gallagher was turned when his back was turned yeah. to him. So when he turned around, he was already in the middle of going to go for his cross check. Yeah, and it was going to be a penalty like, yeah, no matter yeah. what, and it was already a legal play because he can't cross check. Right, but it, a cross check is a cross check. But look, the guy is turning, uh, Gallagher is turning, and it w- it looked like he was going for his back. But you can't anticipate again. Gallagher, he's the fast player. He's a small guy. So when you're turning, and all of a sudden your face is right there. What do you think you're gonna hit? You're gonna hit uh, your your throat that's like sticking up here. No, the guy's like five four, five five, or whatever. He's a, I'm I'm exaggerating, but he's a small dude. Even with skates, he he's like maybe like all right, like five eight, five nine or so. But yeah, he's a small for player. hockey sense. It's small. For, yeah, yeah, exactly. But for hockey sense, it's small. But you know, he turned, he got hit. No penalty yeah. was called, which is a little surprising, even though a ref was looking again. I think the, the these referee uh, this referee crew uh, led by Chris Lee did a horrible job. They did. They deserve to get kicked out of the bubble for how god awful this series they're calling so far, or at least this game. Um, looking at the stats, ready for this. This is how many penalties they called: fourteen, seven on each end. Who yeah. does that during the playoffs? I don't know. Early in the game, it's in that they were letting stuff go, but then exactly, the game, it's like the game something went all on, of a sudden something changed. It's like ever since that, um, and the then the, hit. and then near the end of the game, they let everything go pretty much for the Montreal sense, but for the Flyers, anything they did, they called was everything. Oh, penalty. By the way, here's my question for you: How, How does do you... Travis Konechny's stick just randomly uh, explode? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I thought maybe that, but... I thought maybe there was a stick there that slashed it, but. You know, it just randomly exploded on him after the face-off. After the face-off. But, you know, nothing was called. Yeah. Uh, and then go, I think real quick, actually. Uh, yeah. Because Charlie O'Connor, and I think we're going to reference him a couple times in this uh, podcast, but this first one, he had a little thread about the whole uh, Niskanen hit. And the one I want to highlight more is the second tweet he had, uh, yeah. which was, uh, and I kind of agree with him on this, and this is kind of how I feel about the hit as well. But, uh, and it, he says, the slow motion, uh, the slow motion looks quite bad, as violent plays often do. But uh, but it also shows Niskanen begins his cross check before Gallagher turns. Uh, I, I, I'm out. Uh, he's trying to cross check him in the back, but cross checks are illegal, and on illegal plays, your reasonable reason uh, reason responsible for worse than expected results. Yeah. And realistically, that's what happened. He turned at the wrong time, and at that time, Niskanen didn't have enough time to really readjust what he was doing. No matter what, he was going to go, he was going to get hit in the face. Right. The other thing is, so there's another tweet not too long after this. Uh, after his announced that Gallagher's out for the rest of the series, and he does need surgery, it sounds like. Uh, considering Charlie tweeted, considering the severity of the injury, I wouldn't be surprised if they suspend Niskanen for the potential remainder of the series too. Once the play is deemed to be illegal and worthy of discipline, as the NHL already has in this case, injury severity can affect the punishment. So the fact that, again, I think that the league was waiting for the Canadians to announce if Gallagher would be out long, which clearly he is. He's going to be out. I don't know exactly how long he'll be out for. He'll at least miss the rest of the series, whether it, it ends in six or if it goes to seven. But regardless, though, the one thing that did annoy me was on how much of this crap that the Canadians pulled the um, you know the the play by Nick Suzuki he's a young kid the the helmet tap after a goal. Uh, oh yeah, and his comments hard. after it that oh I didn't really mean to. It's just an, yeah. Look look, look at look at uh, Brock Nelson last year to the Hurricanes when he did that. You know how how that go. You know, not only that, but the coaches' comments. Oh, yeah, everyone saw that. So the Flyers are going to come out even harder because they saw that happen. Exactly. And the Canadians said so much. I think both sides, I don't think, are are equally as at fault. And I think that both sides have enough to kind of 
uh, yeah. have enough energy to go into the game. Montreal for the Niskanen hit. And Niskanen's probably not going to play, so who really cares? Um, and Niskanen hasn't been playing that well, so for the Flyers' sake, that actually might be a benefit. Um, and for the Flyers' sake, uh, that happened. Um, there were a couple other plays that were kind of vicious. It got a little, you know, dirty. Yeah. At the end, so maybe oh, the- by the way, there's the play at the very end of the game where after the Canadians scored an empty net goal, Couturier, you know, he had a hit on, I think it yeah. was Luckinen. And people were calling that a blindside hit. It wasn't. How are you calling that a blindside hit? It was, it was basically more of a collision than anything. They saw each other, and it happened and collide. Yeah. That, how is that a blindside hit? I don't now, know. I could be completely wrong. Maybe it's just me being a Flyers fan, whatever. I don't care. But it was not a blindside hit. Also, mm-hmm. kind of going back to um, what Kirk Muller said about the Travis Sanheim play, about how he said it was a good hockey play, on Katsuganimi. Here's my thing. So Kirk Muller, he used to play in the NHL. He was a good player. He played during the 80s and 90s where the plays and hits like those were still legal. There's Those a hits. reason why the penalty was called on Katsukanini. He left his feet. He aimed high on Sanheim. He drove his face basically into the glass slash boards, whatever, wherever, you know, he's at uh, the glass. Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, uh, Muller, he's an old school guy. So I'm not the least bit surprised he called the hit on Sanheim a good hockey play. Yeah. The only it's thing a dirty say- hit. The only thing I would no say, matter what you say, the only thing I'd say on that one is that he didn't like hit him in the head. I think he hit him more in the chest, but his head hit the glass. Right, but regardless, though, also that you can't hit a guy in the numbers. When you see the numbers, you gotta let up. Now, yeah. if you know, and by the way, also if, if you're looking at the rolling for boarding and uh, reasons for being a major, that qualified for it. That's why he got ejected. It got reviewed, and guess what? that was upheld so that's what's that's what happens right and yeah i get cocktonini is a decent player he's not great he's, he's okay he's not great yet he has the potential to be great but he is he not can't great grow facial yet. hair he's still he's still a very young kid he's a lot to learn he's grown over the season but again he really needs to learn when yeah. to make a good hit and when to make and prevent and the a bad did hit. Technically, take advantage because they did score two times in the major power play. They did. I if they had a good power play, they would have scored more. Well, yeah. Um, the Flyers' fourth line and defense didn't sh- uh, shit the bed. They probably would have also maybe at least took taking the game to overtime. Yeah. And maybe you were right, and maybe Brian Elliott should have played last night. Like you said, you know, and again, this is exactly why I said what I not said. That I, Hart pl- not that Hart played terribly. Again, he didn't play terrible. But again, this is exactly why I prefer to start Brian Elliott in game five last night. Uh, again, Carter Hart, he didn't look great. He didn't look terrible. So letting four goals. Uh, one of those goals, it all it went in. It was a bad goal he gave up, but luckily it was ruled offside. And then yeah. people were criticizing Elaine Vigneault for – putting keeping Hart back out there after he initially went to pull him. I don't think that's fair of anyone to do that because again, yeah. it honestly it to me, Hart played great the rest of the period after that moment happened. He, he didn't get a lot of chances at, after the period ended, but he started getting no, and, and to, third, and your, and to your point, he didn't, but my 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 point is Vignol to his credit, he said he he was getting ready to pull Hart, and he saw the look in his eyes, and he, and then he, he, he had him come eye. over, and he was calming, saying, "Look, calm down." He's like, "Look, you know what? It's all it's good. Offside. It, we know it's offside. Yeah, okay? it's, get back into that, and and that gave him a huge boost. Of and confidence. I'm sure they were. I'm sure once they came back into the locker room, and the period ended, luckily there was no more damage after the second period. Yeah, but they were probably all Flyers players included, being like, "They're good." It's oh, on yeah. us. The, Especially those, all the, the veterans. That was on us, too. It's not just on you. We should have defended that play better as well, even if that would have that goal would have counted. We should have yeah. defended it better. So um, it the way I'll it. put it, though, is the Flyers, despite winning face-offs, 60% of the face-offs, though, um, they, you know, they didn't do enough to get – clearly didn't mm. do enough to get this victory. They weren't prepared for the first period at all. They looked very flat – to the Habs credit, they looked sharp. They took advantage. Uh, yep. They they took a huge advantage. And so, and by the way, one 
thing Again, to that's keep one in thing mind I've always said for the about rest th- of the playoffs is the everyone and, and I don't care whether you're playing in the Toronto who if you're in the first game of this uh, of the day the second or even the third watch out for those lively boards that is how yeah. the Flyers gave up their first goal and if you look it, on the Niskan at Niskan and how he played that he played it awful yeah. Maxime didn't Ouellette, do anything. Uh, no, Ulet for the Canadians. He fired a, a bank pass off the boards. I don't, you know, maybe the puck was a little too fast for Carter Hart. I don't know, but the defense played played that awful. Uh, you see, J- Joel Armia, the Sanheim goal scorer. Was, yeah, Sanheim was trying to play um, it if it was going to bank. Right like again, a, he, but he thought he it was going to be. He anticipated the bank wrong, and you see Armia. This, yeah. He looked. He made a very smart play by looking to see. So Sanheim was here, and uh, you know Army was kind of yeah. trailing behind. The moment that the puck was dumped in, he saw the first bounce off the board. Army yep. cut uh, cut towards Sanheim's left, and basically a one-time snapshot, easy goal. Yeah. Um, so again, you gotta watch out for those lively boards. Again, huge credit to Armia. He's a very mm-hmm. smart player. He's a very underrated player, in my opinion. He's very smart. Uh, provides a lot of depth uh, for the Montreal Canadiens and. He is a player to watch out for, especially now in Game Six. So stick to a name, in... though. Just stick to one name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Why does that look like it's pronounced Yol or Mia? It's French Canadian, I think. It's just yeah, that but it's, kind of thing. it's dumb. It's it's literally clearly it, pronounced. I've heard it Joel. said three times: Yoel, Joel, Joel, and even like Joel. Oh yeah, Yoel. Yeah, Yoel, like, Joel, and Joel. Pick a name. Yeah. Pick a name and stick with it. Okay. I, I've always, I've always thought it was Joel Armia. I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I'm sticking with that. Uh, kind of like I'm sticking with Shiri. So. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. It, all in all, it, it was a pretty <laughs> ugly game. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of big hits. A lot. But of I will moments. actually say this. Sorry, I, I lost what I was going to say, but I just remembered. On mm. that play, especially that Armia goal, his second. I think that was his second goal in the game. Yeah. First. I forget w- which one. The one, the bounce one, the shorthanded one. Was that his first or was that his second? That that was the first goal of the game. But that one, to me, more so, I fought Niskanen more than Sandheim because Sandheim's playing it. If the puck pl- uh, bounces that way, now, but obviously both didn't play that way, play it well. But Niskanen should have anticipated in case it came back the way it did and also yeah. kept an eye on Armia for him coming in, but he just kind of stood there and puck watched. And yeah, and also and Braun, looking who, at who oh. we've come to dislike again like we did at the beginning of the season. Um, I'm not gonna lie, he, Justin Braun, he's looked like the the regular season Justin yeah. Braun the first half. The play that when he gave up when the Flyers gave up that okay. last goal. Pretty much that game winner. It, it was the game winner yep. to Nick Suzuki. Both Justin Braun and, and Robert it was Haig. Robert and it was the Haig. fourth line. That it was the literally the line he didn't want out there against the top yeah. line. Again, I, I get it. You, you need something out there, but you and just scored your, the for game some reason, time goal yeah. in a potential game, serious clinching game. Why are you having your fourth line out there so much? Not only that, but why put your fourth line out there after – yeah, uh, again, after um, you know, you, you tie the game. But looking, looking to start of this game, or sorry, the start of the rush, you have Armia and it looks like Suzuki on the left side of the boards by the benches, and it's already a two-on-two. Three Flyers players are caught rushing back. Literally, they're all rushing back. They look like they're in a straight line doing line rushes uh, for a drill. Nate Thompson surprisingly gets a little bit of burst of speed. He cuts over to the right. Two players are covering Suzuki. And out of nowhere, there's two players, you know, paused a, a little bit more in, in the middle here. You have three players in front of the net, uh, two behind the Canadians in the middle in the neutral zone. Thompson gets the puck. He loses a, a battle to Armia. Or to, excuse me, to Armia. He tries to fire around the boards. Um, and... <laughs> It's just, it's one of the most embarrassing plays ever. Yeah. You see a, you see Justin Braun, who's nowhere near the actual puck. Granted, he's a tall guy. He has a long reach. He's trying to reach over to prevent um, Suzuki, who makes a, a phenomenal play, by the way, of waiting and waiting and waiting. Outweights Carter Hart. 
to make Hart make the first move. If he goes down because he thinks he's going to take a shot, Hayes just standing there. Again, to Suzuki's speed and his scoring abilities, easy goal for him, empty net. 22 seconds later, after the Flyers tied the game, yeah. and that turned out to be the game-winning goal. Um, again, this series is tied, heading for game six tomorrow night, 7 p.m. It should have never gotten yeah, to this point. Sure it's just – I don't know why the veterans in this series, namely Braun, Drew, Victoria, Thompson, Hayes, what do I mean, like goal scoring wise? For well, me, personally. I, yeah, for those guys, but for the other guys in particular, because the obviously Drew and Couturier, uh, I think most of the last two games have stepped it up a bit from they right have. At the beginning. Um, but those guys in particular that I just named, they've looked bad all series. Even Provorov at times has looked shaky at the start of the game. He and again, he looked a little shaky. Um, I don't know why. More so those. Guys just somehow, for some reason, just can't deal with the speed of Montreal. I, I don't know. And, again, th- this is why you need players if he's healthy enough. Nicholas Albiquibel, he provides a lot yeah, of speed. He and he did well. Um, he was doing well, and then he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, again, he probably – it wouldn't be a surprise to me if he, if he has a broken toe because he, he, yeah. he blocked it around his toe area. Um, of course, the league can't – or the Flyers can't say anything about injury, so – You'll have to I wait wouldn't be surprised if he's broken cell. Or whenever exactly. the Flyers were to get eliminated or, or whenever. Right. Um, so, but, but all in all, though, it was a very rough game for the Flyers. Um, but you could see potential lineup changes, though. And the reason why I, I think everyone's, I'm sure, to. I know everyone's kind of crapping on JVR for not showing up and even goes to, but we're quick, Jeff. Uh, where do both those players both thrive? Where are their offices? Where is their most deadly attribute? Yeah, I, 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 I want to. I think I know the answer, and, and it shouldn't come to a surprise. It's the whomping one for thirty power play heading yeah. into Game Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they aren't getting utilized on the power play, they aren't going to do well. And surprisingly, the power play, especially second unit at times, has looked really bad. The only positive, if Niskanen is suspended for a game or however long he's suspended for. I think for he's, again, the fact that Gallagher is out for oh, with the a broken jaw, he needs yeah. surgery. Again, just the um, series is that's going to play a heavy factor into the only thing that's going to yeah. save Niskanen is I don't believe he has a history. He's no. got a few fines. I don't think any suspensions. Um, but also, why wasn't there anything on the spear and haze from the game before? Because the league sucks. Because the department of player safety is a joke. The refs didn't—they didn't even get the right call because yeah, it was that should have been slashing. a suspension right mm-hmm. away. That should have been the game misconduct and probably a suspension from. Yeah, I, I believe it, it, was, it was Max, uh, Max Domi. Domi who did that. Yeah. Again, he's one of those great players that Montreal has. Yeah. That will, Kind of do that kind of thing, but again, I, Michelle Terrain just I don't know why Chuck Fletcher when when this whole season started and everything, and when he was having the coaches do whatever uh, assistant wise and everything, I don't know why they thought Michelle Terrain was going to be the best for power play when he has never once really did you offensively things ever. But the only positive, as if I'll actually finish this thought, is that we'll have. Hopefully, JVR back in the lineup. If not, maybe. I hope so. But you then have JVR and Ghost on that second unit, and you don't have Niskanen on there, who I don't think is really should be on the power play to begin with. But you then have him with. He's more of a penalty killer, in my opinion. He's done a lot more, a lot better. You know, again, it's just. He has the ability to be offensive, but for the power play's sake, I think Myers could do significantly better because. Sandheim, Goss, Despair. Because if it were to me, I think Sandheim is – I think I might have mentioned this last podcast or maybe just to you or maybe to myself. I remember saying it to someone. Um, but Sandheim to me has the better uh, hockey IQ, so I think he'll be better equipped to making those uh, type of Noah passes, set up plays, that kind of thing. But Phil Myers, I think, could bring you something that uh, a Ryan Ellis-type player, Shea Weber, even Sidana Chara with the size, he can. He has a very unique, great shot, 
that isn't getting yeah. as utilized as it should be because he can do the Shea Weber thing, even though at the moment it's not Shea Weber-esque where it can, that's probably not even really in the hundreds yet, but it's still a pretty good slapper and wrist shot. And not just that, with his size, you can do a Chara and at moments maybe even have him at times be net front. Yeah, absolutely. The other key to the Flyers and JVR, JVR is put him in his office. You have Ghost back, hopefully, and then you'll yes. have him, uh, another one that will obviously is great on the power play. And you put those guys with yeah. TK and Hayes and Sanheim, and that should do well. That second unit should be better, hopefully. The, the other thing is, and, and you mentioned JVR's front, you know, from the office kind of thing and the net presence. The Flyers aren't getting any bodies in front of Price. They want to win the dang game. We need to get uh, eyes in front of Price, blocking his view. Get tall guys like Katori, like JVR, getting, who they should be getting. Who will hopefully get back in lineup. Now. And again, because if they're you get bodies in front of Price, yes. you take away his vision. You have big guys like Katori. Even you know, put if, if Grant's still on the power play, put Grant back on the power play. Yeah. I agree. Or and, and, and well, I'm saying if, if he's on the power play, excuse me, um, put him in front of the net. He's a big enough or body. Pull an old Flyers tactic out there back from the Laviolette days of double screen. Hey, or JVR and Couturier. Perfectly in the Flyers' first game where or Jake Borchek like, um, got his first goal of the series mm-hmm. where – Pro, you know, it was him and Katoria in front of the net. Prover took a, a soft shot, a wrist shot from the point. It somehow went off of Voracek. I don't know how it went off of Jake, but it did. I still think that shot went clean through and should be Prover. Either way, it, either it, way, it had a lot of traffic in front of the net and it found its way. And in. that's how you're going to get pucks past Price. Mm-hmm. And luckily, they're actually hoping for maybe another shaky goal so they're, they're actually shooting more than they were earlier on the series and i do believe that now that they've put a couple pucks behind and uh, behind mm-hmm. uh price i think that could potentially start getting the offensive flow going maybe a couple more uh goals because again the flyers are, are a better team than montreal you just can't get too locked into their system and again it kind of happened and it it reminded me of a Haxtell era type of Flyers game last night. Yep. Uh, Braun looks like McDonald. That fourth line reminded me of the Belmar fourth line from a couple years ago. I, I, I wouldn't say Belmar. I, well, I was well, talking about more, more so his line mates. All right. That's how, that's how I have a feeling you would. Uh, yeah, with Van Devilde and yeah. um, anyone from. Labimov. Oh my God, Labimov. I forgot about him. Um, I was picturing more like Yori Latera. Yeah, Yori Latera. Yeah, those guys. That was very reminiscent of those kind of fourth lines. It's, it's yeah. Hopefully, All right, I, so let me ask I, you I this, I do Mike. believe they what? will. Yeah. I think there's going to be a bounce back. I think there's going to be a, a, fly, a fire on the Flyers' asses, especially because they gave up multiple times when it seemed like they were starting to get their groove going, even after the two after the major Carolina – or Montreal, sorry – uh, scored with the um, uh, Gallagher goal, right? Was yeah. That where he uh, hit it midair? Was that Gallagher yes, goal? Yes, that, that was the Gallagher goal. And that was Gallagher goal. Yeah, and they retied it at that point. They just have to clean that up. And defensively, I think they can be able to do that. It's just, I don't know. It's just not yeah. trying not to play in their favor. And I just think there's going to be a fire under the fire's asses to fix those mistakes and then just really – I. There's going to be one of these days where Drew's going to have another Drew shift. Like I, I've mentioned it three podcasts in yeah. a row, where he's going to have that type of shift he had against the Penguins. Third time's the charm. Yeah, or it's a similar kind of situation. I think it might have been like Game Six or something. And he it was Game Six, yeah. Yeah, and he someone had to get the ball rolling, and not only that, that, but picture that exact scenario. For the Flyers Penguins series, they were up three nothing. The Penguins were in the next two games, forcing a game six when the Flyers were up three nothing. So the fact that the Flyers they were only up three one obviously isn't nearly as bad. The Canadians uh, that won game five, of course, last night, forcing a game six. So for the Flyers, though, again, they need to get the energy going very early on. They need to out hustle, out muscle, and start hitting everyone in their sight. Not only that, but get bodies in from the net. It's not that hard 
You need to, and I know Vigneault likes to mess I don't think Char- uh, with the Charat Canadians' and, wines and everything. I don't think Charat- he really needs to rejuvenate the Giroux to connect the Couturier line. Uh, yeah. He needs to have someone with Hayes, Hayes Borchek, and someone else. But again, like the top six, Hayes Borchek, Fairby. That would be a great second line. Or actually, need, sorry. Because I think they liked how Farabee played. Farabee would be on the first line if I had to assume. And then TK and again, would be that I'm fine line. with that. I'm okay with that. It's just you need to have your top guys where they deserve to be, where they should be. I don't care if you're trying to mess with the other team. You know, it worked one game, great. But now the Canadians are catching yeah, on. Yeah, you got to change it up again somehow. You need to change it up to something else. It, it, you really do. And mm-hmm. for Vigneault, he needs a player. He needs and realistically coach a coach smarter game six. Less fourth line, yeah. you need uh, again. The only time I want to see more fourth line is if Bonneman's out or Thompson's out. You have JVR, yeah, and you have Raffle in there, and Raffle, yeah. So it's it's a very again, I, I am not surprised it's going six. Um, I originally predicted the Flyers mm-hmm. in six, that's what I have in my bracket. Um, I'm hoping that's Look the case, you. and I think it will be the case, yeah. Also, I don't think Sherratt and Weber have looked great in this series so i think you can get bodies in front of them you can um you you, you see guys like Konechny and even farabee and, and couturier mm-hmm. getting in the way of shea and weber both of farabee's goals have come from that kind of talk, thing you're talking about of yeah. t- kind of taking away uh uh price's eyes literally look at the goal that farabee scored i but believe also, it was in game three where he tipped it in front of the net and then got his own rebound 16 seconds after the Canadian score. That's what you need to do. You know what sucks, Jeff? We're pretty much playing at Carter Hart. <laughs> That's Carter Hart versus Carter Hart or Carey Price versus Carey Price. They're both very similar goaltenders, and they're yeah. both probably going to be have to beat in the same sort of way. Yeah. And I think both are probably going to try to come back from this one because it wasn't their best performance. No. I think, it, I think it could moments. be a goalie versus goalie matchup here. Yeah, it could be. It's going to be a very, I think, old-timey playoff-style hockey uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of big hits. It's going to be a lot of intensity. Yeah. It's going to be even more than last night's Game 5. It's either going to be a very close one nothing 2-1 game, or it could it's going to be another potentially be another 5-4 yeah, yeah, kind of game. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's quick, Jeff, do our predictions for this one. Um, I nope. think we're both hopefully predicting uh, wins here. Um, I think it's going to be the latter of what you just said. I think this one's mm-hmm. going to be more offensively scoring than it, it has been yeah. the first few games because I think both teams are going to come out kind of desperate uh, for this yeah. one. Um, so I'm going to say it's going to be a 4-3 final. That's what I'll say seven goals are scored. The Flyers went for That's what I was leaning towards as well. And also it helps the Flyers even more that they don't have a pesky no, annoying no, 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 Gallagher. No, 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 no. We can't beat no. someone. I'm going four two. <laughs> Take that, Jeff. I'm going for no, I'm just kidding. Here are your goal scorers, Mike. Um Weber on the power play. Okay. And Thomas Tartar. Okay. And, and Tatar, he has looked very, very solid. He's had a bunch of posts. Um, he has. It, it, something's bound to go in um, for him. And I, I really do think that, you know, it's it's only a matter of time for Thomas Tatar. I think to, the Flyers, uh, I also think Flyers' bigger guns will get going. I say Giroux, Gaturier, uh, Hollywood Hayes, and I'll say Lawton. Okay. Those are my goal scorers for the Flyers. I'll say 4-3. Flyers, of course, in this one, taking this series and hopefully preventing a Game 7. Um, for the Canadians, it will be Ben Sherratt. You have Tomas Tatar. I agree with you. Uh, they don't have Brendan Gallagher now, which is a huge, huge plus for the Flyers. They don't have to deal with the annoying pest in front, chopping I, yeah. and slashing everyone. Um, so I will say Max Domi gets on the board and then, uh, for the Flyers, it's going to be Joel Farabee. Um, 
Goss's bear. If he if he plays, it will be Shane Goss's bear. But if again, he's, he's more likely yeah. to play because Niskanen. There's no way he doesn't get suspended. That there's a more question mark on JVR playing. Just it's more question mark on nag- JVR. You don't know about Abi Kubel. So uh, either way, I'll put it this way: it, it deserves to what be if, Nack or JVR. I know it's not going to happen, Jeff. But what if Oscar Lindblom? That's not going to happen. I'm saying Oscar puts a baddie. Oscar's not playing until until September, but I know, I know. But uh, so again, so it, so far it is Gossip Spare, Joel Farabee for two of the Flyers, four goals in their four to three victory. The other two, Sean Couturier, and why not? He's staying red hot. Jake Voracek. There you go. Hopefully that comes true. Um, we'll see. Uh, who knows? It, it's been a weird kind of series. Hopefully this it has is, been, but again, this is the I kind of series hope, I was expecting. It's yeah. a very frustrating series to watch. I kind of hope this is one of those games that Flyers just kind of put the pedal to the metal and just go all out. Yeah, I know, and they, I think it will be because again, they know they, do, they can't have afford a, to get this game to game seven and go all out. If you're tired by the end of it, your team is relatively young, and I know your older guys may have to take a little longer to recuperate, but you'll have a couple of days off until the next yeah, round, at so, least. Win the game, win each period, take it each period at a time, come out with a win, win the series for the first time since tw- uh, 2012. Can we do that? Flyers, listening? That'd be great. Finale. That would be. Let's great. not play Hextall Est tonight or tomorrow night. Sorry. Hextall? Yeah. If Hextall? it was Hextall hockey, sorry, we'll, I said we would hockey. be in the box a lot. Well, yeah, he'd be really angry. Yeah, he would actually. I know what would happen. He would have gone after Suzuki. <laughs> he I would think absolutely. he would have done a lot more than that. I think <laughs> yeah, he would have yeah, yeah, some yeah. slashes his way. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but I think that's going to be a boiling point. I think that's going to be a thing that gets the Flyers going. Is that that move that Suzuki did? Apparently, Druin did it as well. I didn't see it. I don't know Either, if, it's if one they of them both did it. If it was caught on film, I know it was caught by the bench, especially uh, Carter Hart and Carter Hart were no more. That's going to yeah. play, I think, a bigger hand in the Flyers. Another thing, quick, Jeff, before I forget, um, who do you think plays with Pro Rough if Niskanen is out? Again, if he plays Shane Gossespear, he and Pro Rough have tremendous chemistry together. They remember the last it. playoffs, they were actually paired together. They until were they, until for some reason McDonald was replaced. Yeah, but yeah. I really think that the Flyers deserve to put uh, Goss Spare in, especially if Niskin's out. It him just makes it that Provorov I think it just makes that easier be, just plugging him in there. It really is, yeah. And fucking up because I don't think they want to separate Myers and Sandheim. No, um, and there I, there's no way Peg and Braun are moving up. No, they're staying third pair. No, they um, they, they that's their yeah. third pair at best. I think the way the key to the Flyers' victory tomorrow night is don't get how, any dumb penalties. No dumb one to walk away. Um, yeah, that also just defend better. Don't have any shaky moments like you did, um, yeah. and just pedal to the metal like I said earlier. Just go all out, uh, fix the mistakes that you've had last game, and I think you can come out with victory tomorrow there you go and i think with that that's where we're going to end today and my vote for that is also ghost just because i think if you put ghost there that just adds another offensive level to that first line. it really does it really does uh, and with that that's where we're going to end it today we'll see you next time and babs did say to me today that he will be on our next roundtable podcast so or sorry oh, yeah. i guess underachievers podcast sorry we have a name for that so with go. and that is where we'll actually end it today so we'll see you next time